Whenever I visit France, I always see lots of top bottles for sale, but when I get back home, those same bottles can be much harder to find, if not impossible. That's why I use IdealWine.com. At IdealWine.com, I can buy wines directly from France for delivery directly to my home. They have new auctions every week, and the fixed price selection is equally awesome. Clos Rouchard, Chateau Reyes, and Ulysse Colon, as well as many more greats from all over France, are regularly available on the website. Best of all, it is simple and hassle-free to buy them. Ideal Wine handles all the customs and logistics hurdles for you and for me. Wines are ordered with a couple of clicks, and then they arrive. It is simple. Check out IdealWine.com for more information. That's I-D-E-A-L-W-I-N-E.com to find what you'd like to be drinking. I'll drink to that, where we get behind the scenes of the beverage business. I'm Levy Dalton. I'm Erin Scala. And here's our show today. Recently, it was announced that the Vietti Winery was sold to the Cross family of Iowa. And having recently spoke with Luca Corrado at Vietti in a previous interview, I was rather surprised. So I asked Luca Corrado to return to the show to speak to me about the recent sale of Vietti and what the motivations may have been behind the scenes. Luca Corrado of Vietti back on the show. Hello, sir. How are you? Ciao, ciao, Levi. Very well. Very nice to see you. Me too. It's always a, a pleasure to see you. How are you feeling? You okay? Uh, no, yes, much better. <laughs> I had just uh, one week uh, of a uh, big uh, thunderstorm, you know, <laughs> uh, and then now it's uh, much better, you know. And now I started to work again in my vineyard uh, and uh, to think uh, about the real thing that I want to do and I must do. And uh, I am back on board on the decision uh, that I took uh, before. So the, the news is that the Vietti winery was sold. That's the, the rumor or the published reports. But uh, <laughs> what, uh, what has actually happened since the last time we spoke, which wasn't that long ago, but I, no. I feel like a lot has changed in that period. This uh, was a decision that we thought uh, that was fantastic for the family, for us, uh, for the future of the brand. And uh, I think uh, we had uh, this uh, uh, opportunity to, you know, to make Vietti stable for the future generation and to make better wine and to preserve the heritage of our family. So this is the, the, the reason, you know, why we did. Because I feel like in the region when people complain, what they're complaining about is that the, those are the things that are being broken, the heritage and the family connection and the future generation prospect. Sure, but, uh, you know, here uh, and every, every time, if you don't take any decision, Everybody don't say anything, but if you take a decision and a step, you always divide the world in two parts. Who agree? Who doesn't agree? But I think, uh, you know, that I heard uh, in these days uh, uh, so many things and so many bullshit around that is unbelievable because people, they judge, they think without knowing any reason, without looking different aspects. And so it's easy to judge. Is the most easiest thing in the world to judge uh, because uh, it's the most uh, funny and makes, uh, and I think in these days uh, I gave uh, the opportunity to, to many people to be a star on many social networks for 10 seconds, you know, and I'm happy for them that they had their popularity, you know, so good for that. But the decision uh, go back uh, from many, many different aspects. I think Barolo today, first of all, and it's not my fault, this is happening since the generation, it changed a lot. And uh, many aspects changed. So we, we are a winery, long story, long family, long heritage, absolutely, that will continue because we are still here. We will continue to be here. We will continue to invest here. This is a thing that not many people, they understood. Uh, long terms, <laughs> is, uh, we will continue to, to work together. Uh, but Barolo changed because, uh, unfortunately, uh, we have a patrimony of land, but uh, the land of Barolo, as you know, is very expensive. I think the process of uh, 
I don't know if I can use this word, Burgundization, <laughs> um, started a long time ago. And, uh, you know, we cannot afford any more piece of land to buy. We try every year to buy one piece of land, but it's not, uh, it's not easy. You know, when the piece of land, they go over a million of euro for one acres, easily in the good one, uh, you know, I do not have that kind of wallet. So the business was fantastic. <laughs> uh, you know, I think uh, the Barolo region, Vietti, we suffer our success because uh, we are paying our success. Barolo is paying our su his, uh, success and we are doing the same because in the last few years we did uh, fantastically and uh, Barolo is doing incredible. So I give you one first example that I think uh, many people uh, that they and when they start to think, <laughs> uh, many winery, family winery like us, we have uh, vineyards that we own, and easily we have one third, one quarter, sometimes half, uh, for us was 30% of the vineyard that we have, uh, we rent. And uh, it's happening in the last uh, few years, uh, when all this crazy price of the land is going up, uh, that uh, the farmer that they rent you the land, maybe the grandfather is dead. <laughs> we work at their land for 10, 15, 20 years, 25 years. This is a, every farmer like us, they do. And we work at their land. And then uh, when the piece of land, uh, they become uh, almost at the end of the rent, uh, the nephew or the son that maybe one is working in Ferrero, the other is working in Torino in Fiat, uh, you know, they are dreaming the moment when these people, this piece of land is become at the end of the rent. So they come there and they knock on your shoulder and they say, hey, you know, I still have two, three years left on the rent. Uh, do you want to buy my land? And he gave incredible price. And they say, oh, let me think. Oh, I give you one day. If you don't think about it, I put in auction. And then he start. And so you are obliged, basically, to buy back the land that you worked for all your life. And Levi, trust me, this is only something that farmer, they can understand because when you have to buy back your land, that for me also the vineyard that I rent was my land, is not nice. So you try with all your effort to, to buy, but you can do one, twice, then how many times I need to have the gun on my head of the old owner doing this? So you, you're obliged to buy land so you cannot do other investment, maybe in a better vineyard that you want to do. With a, which risk? <laughs> the only risk is uh, to go back, not to improve the quality, but if you don't buy this, this land, the only thing that you do is losing land, losing quality, losing property, so then you start to, to make maybe less choice in your wine. So it's not easy for somebody like me, like my family, that we always run for the excellence uh, to arrive second. It's, I always run the entire my life uh, to do the best that I can. You know, My father was always teasing me because when I was kids, I was playing cards. Solitario, when you play alone, you know? And uh, I always want to win also when I was playing alone. So my dream was to make, and my dream is to make fantastic wine, the best as I can. And so when, uh, you know, the ground under your feet is going away, uh, it's not uh, easy. You know, there are winery in Montforte uh, that uh, I'm not, the one that is going to tell you which one, but he, three weeks ago, they just lost the entire property because the uncle sold, the uncle was renting to him the vineyard. He sold this land to another winery. Well, I went to this vineyard a few months ago to see this and they said, oh, Luca, do you want to buy this uh, land? I said, why well, are you crazy? This vineyard is belong to these uh, friends. I said, yes, but uh, you know, it doesn't give me enough money to buy, so I'm buying to, I wanted to sell. And I said, no, absolutely, this is not, I'm not going to do this to a friends. Uh, other did. So, so I think it is a very tricky moment. 
in this in the Barolo region. Not only for me, but uh, I think uh, I see many other wineries like me that they have uh, uh, many more uh, vineyards than for rent than me is becoming complicated also for them. So I think uh, we thought that was the right moment to do the first step before the others. And, uh, you know, to ensure quality and land and more investment, more land and more uh, availability to do great wine for my future generation. Uh, so I didn't want to arrive in a moment where I had to choose uh, or to be obliged to make less better Perbacco or less better Barolo Castiglione, you know? Mm, if I had to do, probably I had to stop to do. <laughs> so uh, we had uh, a visit uh, for uh, in the winery in the last few years, like a few other winery of the region, of many different investors in the region, because like they knock the door to me, I'm sure that they knock the door to many winery in Barolo and Brunello today, because made in Italy today is uh, has a great value. And then, uh, actually, two years ago, we tried to buy uh, a winery in Canale. It was a great opportunity because it was a fantastic winery, very beautiful estate with great name, with beautiful winery in the center of Canale, traditional estate for Arnaise called Serafino. They make also some fantastic sparkling. And uh, we, we have a huge, big family, <laughs> first of all. Big, big family with nephew and uh, large family. So uh, I said, wow, maybe this is a great idea, you know, to give uh, a space to everybody in the family. So this great opportunity to grow. So maybe also was less uh, stress relief, you know, for the family. But, you know, we were thinking and thinking, then somebody arrived and he bought before us. And uh, actually, this uh, was the Krause family. The people who bought Vietti recently. See, si, the people that we are doing this uh, work together in Vietti. Uh, and so we said, wow, we start to meet these people. We had the possibility to meet each other. Then in the meantime, they had a huge love for the region. And I think uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Krause is the, uh, the owner of, uh, of the holding and everything. His family was originally from Italy, has a huge passion for Barolo. He's drinking actually the same wine as we drink, so small producer. So he was buying and drinking small growers from Barolo or small growers from Tuscany. So not the flashy label, you know, but the real wine that me and you, we, we like. And uh, so he loved this region and he wanted to do some great wine. And he started to buy vineyards, vineyards and vineyards. In two years, basically, he put together incredible patrimony of 12 hectares of uh, some of the best vineyards of Barolo. I think uh, in very discreet because not many people, they know him, they know that he was worried, he was buying. Uh, but he put together a fantastic vineyard. And sometimes we also been uh, against one to the other buying properties in the region, you know, because uh, we've been trying uh, to buy the same piece of land a few, few times. Uh, you know, recently we bought Teodoro. Last uh, few months ago, we bought Rocchettevino. Uh, then before, two years ago, we bought Boiolo and part of Brunate. So we were very active and we're still very active on the market. Then uh, one day, six months ago, something like this, uh, Kyle came in the winery and he said, uh, Luca, I have all these great vineyards, but uh, I realized that I need help because... Uh, uh, you know, I don't want to waste, uh, I don't want to feel, you know, like somebody that he come to make an investment uh, like uh, outside uh, and to, I don't want to make a stupid move. Uh, I said, look, uh, let's talk together. Let's see if we have uh, some common point. And so, wow, when I said that, I said, wow, minchia. <laughs> I said, porca miseria. And I started, I know the vineyard that he bought. So immediately when I heard, I know this, uh, my mind is start to go. I said, wow, you know, what I can do with the Bricolina, uh, maybe another crew, or maybe what I can do uh, with Mosconi, another crew, or uh, Kodana. Kodana is this beautiful property just next to the uh, Mont Privato. I think in the old time, it was Mont Privato, you know. Uh, <laughs> incredible. 
plus le coste, le liste, i, eh, Dan, Teodoro, Ceretta. Uh, so six, seven uh, Grand Crude, I, I really, my mind was blowing out, out of my mind. I immediately start to think, you know what, for a farmer, having land and having this land is fantastic. You know, I grew up uh, all my life uh, in the vineyard. Uh, I love open space. I love a vineyard. And f- for me, making wine is the most, the thing that makes me more happy and working in the vineyard uh, in my life. So looking at all the possibility that I had doing better wine, having more land, because here everybody knows that if you have a good land and if you are not too stupid or too arrogant, is the only chance to make a great wine. Uh, you know, then uh, all the wines, all what they can do with the Probacco and Barolo Castiglione, so much more possible to choose uh, and to select, uh, so not be obliged uh, every time uh, to use uh, something. So I said, wow, fantastic. Let's talk about that. Let's discuss it because this is a great opportunity. Then we start to talk, we start to discuss, uh, uh, and then I, I, you know, I immediately found that we had so many commune points in all together. And then we decided uh, all together uh, to take a different step in the family all together, to make a different step together and to make long, long uh, partnership together that uh, will see us always inside, me and Elena always here. Uh, because I think that's a point that uh, a lot of people wondered about. I think a lot of people looking at the sale wondered if you were cashing out, <sighs> if you were moving away and, you know, going to live in a big house somewhere uh, outside of Hollywood, maybe a uh, uh. grand mansion, you know. So uh, the question then, it sounds like you're staying, but uh, I think it's an open question. Man, absolutely. Because I think also probably for many reasons, because uh, these news came out too early. And uh, unfortunately, uh, there was a leak in everything. The news came out too early, and in, in two hours, basically, we had to produce everything, and we were not able, I admit, we were not able to transmit the real world because we will be here, we will invest together, we will work together. Uh, <laughs> we are not making one battle more than today. I have the 100% of freedom in the winery to do whatever I can do. We will share absolutely with the crowds of family, the project, the, the life and everything. But, you know, I, I consider myself being lucky because I had the chance to meet people that allowed me to do together, and the word together I wanted that is very important, to exactly what I was doing before, better without having the gun on my head of the farmer that they wanted to cash. This is cash. <laughs> the money because they wanted to go to the seaside uh, or without, uh, um, I think, uh, you know, to, to make Vietti safe on the quality for the future generation. My goal is to show to all these people that with the land that I have today, I will be able to continue to do what I'm doing today and maybe even having the possibility to do better because I have more land, more ability. We are not doing one battle of more. And which will be <laughs> the farmer that they doesn't want to have uh, uh, more grand crew available for his family and making the same amount of battle and the same quality? Everybody. The best comment uh, that I had, uh, I had uh, for some good colleague, the colleague that uh, I care. Everybody was very good with me. Many of them, they said, wow, fuck, why they didn't happen to me? (laughs) 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 And uh, exactly, you know, this is what I was uh, thinking two weeks ago before everything happened. I was sure and still sure that this was a good step for Vietti, for the quality, for the family. I I respect uh, the comment of everybody. You know, I think everybody can have his idea, his own idea. I respect a lot also the people that they didn't agree. Absolutely, because this means that they care 
about what I did. You know, I prefer the people that they do not agree than the people that they say congratulations. You know, it looks like when you go to a funeral and, uh, and you say, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry. Well, cazzo, non dire niente, you know. But people that maybe you open, I like people when you have a discussion and we want to do something that never happened in Langa for the amount of Grand Cru Vineyard that we have, uh, I think uh, they understand, you know. Then uh, at this moment, I will have a lot of responsibility on my shoulder, let's say, because uh, uh, now I have to prove to the world, the world that uh, I have to uh, make a great wine, better wine than before, if it's possible. But this is easy, you know, when you have... Uh, in this region, only if you have land, and if you have a good land, you can make the difference. So you don't feel like you have to apologize for the sale, but you do feel like you have to prove yourself. I think uh, absolutely I don't want to apologize myself for anything, because this was a decision that we take, all the family together, and we thought for the future of Vietti, we have more vineyard. We've been lucky to meet the people that they had the same idea like us of quality. They gave us the possibility to do together fantastic sync. So they didn't ask anything to us. So I think this was fantastic. You know, I think this is the great thing. And I thought that was fantastic. And I think that in the future, many other wineries in the region if they want to keep doing the same quality as before, if they wanted to increase the quality, in one way or the other, they must do something. Because it's exactly the same thing as happening in Burgundy. You know, and there is, we didn't wrote the history. No? In Italy, we say, I didn't invent the hot water. The hot water was already invented before. Uh, I saw what many colleagues in Burgundy, they did, maybe in a different way, maybe in the same way, maybe with different approach, absolutely. But if you want to do better, uh, if you wanted to keep doing or improving the quality and to fix uh, for the next generation uh, uh, the brand, uh, I think that was a great move, what we did. The price of the land, I didn't make the price of the land. Many people, when I when we go in the vineyard, there is a vineyard for sale uh, we all try to buy and the price goes up you know there are a vineyard of canubi that was sold at 2.5 million of euro for one hectare i didn't bought that land huh? uh, the price went there because a lot of people they wanted it so it was not me <laughs> it was uh, this is the way i think uh, we always my father my grandfather we always try to be one step in front of the other. And um, we always like uh, to look the future and uh, before the future bite us. And uh, I think uh, that uh, this was the moment to do before the other. You know, uh, like I said today, if there will be a great vineyard to buy, uh, if I will, uh, I have a power to buy. Me, Luca, or Krause family together. We can have a buy, if there is a vineyard, vineyard Yonda, now we have a power to do because, and I do not have to use this money to buy back a vineyard that we rent that maybe was always going in the Probacco and not in the Castiglione, you know? This is the investment that I want to do. The investment that I wanted to, even for the future, to do even better, to buy better vineyard. So I think the future starts now because now I have a, Availability, myself, Krause family, Vietti, <laughs> to really invest for the very top Grand Cru that they will be available without having the gun on my head. So this is the, the step, uh, the next step for my family. Is there some reason why a lot of vineyards are changing hands at this time besides the fact that vineyard prices are rising? Like, is there something generationally or about people who aren't, living here anymore or something with the finances or the government regulations that's encouraging vineyard sales? No, no, questo no. I think, uh, but, uh, you know, it's always uh, not nice to talk about the next generation because uh, uh, when you talk about the next generation, you feel old, you know? <laughs> and I don't want to, I think uh, every generation is fantastic. The next generation is going to do great and fantastic, uh, very well. There, I have uh, some young colleague that they make amazing wine. I see probably less 
people involved in the vineyards than before. More people that is, uh, I don't want to generalize because the most stupid thing in the world, please. Eh? But uh, the generation before mine or my generation, the generation of Altare, Scavino, Sandrone, or um, Rinaldi, Mascarello, there were people that they were farmer going in the vineyard from the morning to the evening. Still today, a lot they do. But the wealth, the wealth today, so because Barolo is very popular, everybody is selling Barolo. <laughs> Doesn't matter the price, but I think there is not a, a winery in the Barolo region today that has an economical problem. You know, I think there is no a single winery that has to be sold for economical problem. Uh, so for this reason, probably is a... Uh, uh, stay more in the winery than in the vineyard. I think uh, many winery they must do something, you know, if they wanted to evolve or develop, because uh, there is a lot of uh, different investors that are in the region, uh, different group, uh, not only from USA, from Asia, from uh, France, from East Europe. Uh, there are already. I can count at least five wineries in the Barolo region that are owned for, from people from East Europe. There is a Chinese group uh, that uh, uh, is looking to buy a winery in the region. So, the, come on, the world is evolving and we cannot stop the evolution. But we can leave the evolution and turn as a positive point, you know, to anticipate this. And this is what we try to do. I think something that's concerned observers of this in the United States is that they are expecting prices to rise in the same way that when certain Bordeaux properties have sold, the prices have gone up. What do you think about that? The plan that we have, like I said, is not to make any more bottle than before. And so probably maybe to make less bottle. So I maybe some bottle that I was obliged to do, <laughs> you know, to keep the business running. Now I have the luxury to focus on what I want, oh, the I Barolo and Barolo. So maybe less white wine. See, less uh, wine that maybe they had to do. And so focus on the real shit, you know. And uh, maybe we have the plan to do some more Cru Barolo, to evolve the Barolo Castiglione. And to have a better choice for the Perbacco, we do not have today any plan for rising the price or doing maybe to do more Cru Barolo. Yes, if because with all this land, there will be one or two that will be as potentially are to make a Cru Barolo. Why not? You know, <laughs> this is very important. Or maybe together, the two family together, if we have the power to buy. The one great crew from Cerro Lunga or Barolo, La Morra, we will. We will much more relaxed. So the, the direction is more on the quality, not on the pricing structure and everything. So we do not have any plan. I think we, our wine is already expensive today. <laughs> in the speculation behind uh, is, uh, you know, in the different market is already high. You know, for sure, all the Barolo is going to be year after year, is, it will grow on the price because I still think that today, not only my Barolo, but all the good Barolo are still very affordable for the quality that is behind on the world, wine world panorama, you know, on the wine world. But this will be organically growth like any other winery, like we did before. We do not have any plan to double the price, no. So were the sales okay before? I mean, it seems like you said that they were, but something that I've encountered a lot is people hear this news and then like the second or third question is, or a comment is like, but I thought Vietti sold well. <laughs> you know, like they're thinking maybe you guys sold out of hardship. No, 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 back, Caspita. We are, uh, is a few months that we do not have any more bottle of Crubarolo. Uh, we sold uh, all the Castiglione and no, no, mm. Financially, the winery was uh, an ease <laughs> in fantastic health, you know. I think uh, also in terms uh, of uh, revenue, absolutely very good. No, the risk was, uh, uh, if you know, if you don't do one step, or uh, and we didn't add financially the power to buy 
12 hectares. Okay? Uh, so we, we didn't add the, the financially the step to put the winery in safe for the future generation. But yeah, we could stay like this. But uh, every year, you know, we had to run behind uh, uh, a serpent, you know, <laughs> behind uh, something that escaped from your hand. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you have uh, your basement on the sand <laughs> and little by little the water, year after year, uh, is uh, eating the sand, you know. I don't want it to, like I said before, to make less wine less good than before. In the future, I wanted to make wine much better than before. This was the reason why we get together with this land, you know, more availability of vineyard, more quality, more safe. This was the, the idea. And I assume that the Krauss family doesn't think that they're buying at the top of the market. I assume that they think that the trends that have helped Barolo in the last 20 years are going to continue, which has been our string of good vintages, a growing market as people move away from other categories into Barolo, uh, more willingness to drink wines that are perhaps panic or bitter on the part of the American public. <laughs> and seems like that plays into Piemonte's favor. At the same time, you've had what appears to be climate change since at least 1990, if not before. And it seems like the vintages have been more consistently successful. So, but I imagine that the Krauss family has a certain read of this situation and, uh, and, and expects it either to continue or to get better. I, I think so, absolutely. But I think, uh, <clears throat> and uh, really from what I heard from them, uh, talking together and living together, uh, really they think that they move them to invest in the Barolo region is really the the same passion as we have for the land and for the quality to do some fantastic thing. Uh, so I don't, I'm sure, I think that Barolo is still a great value and it will grow the value. But uh, I think the most important step, the reason why they did it is because they loved this uh, land and they loved this wine and they wanted to be part of this experience and history. But I mean, why here? I mean, what specifically made them choose here? There's so many places that are interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. Different. You know what I mean? Right, because, uh, you know, and uh, because Barolo, I think, uh, like you said, uh, is a, a, a sure value of land uh, because uh, is uh, one thing if you buy an apartment in uh, Manhattan or you buy an apartment in, I don't know, whatever, in Queens, you know, uh, for sure, maybe is much more expensive, but uh, one apartment, I don't know, in the Fifth Avenue is always an apartment in Fifth Avenue and Fifth Avenue is not becoming larger or longer or taller like Barolo. Barolo is always uh, this amount of uh, 11 commune a small amount of vineyard, and we never allowed to make bigger. So in terms of investment, it is a great sure value. And I think, like you said, and I agree 100%, this is the reason why I'm still here and I will invest my life and the future generation here because I think uh, that uh, it will be potentially fantastic. You know, Do you fully intend to serve out the rest of your career at Vietti at this time? Like you're thinking this is still your, your home for the whole time. We plan together uh, with the Krause family a long project together. And then uh, there is a lot of things that I cannot say also for many reasons. But uh, uh, investment together, project together, maybe future, you know? You don't know other Winery, I don't know, many, many other things. I think uh, together we have a power today or to do what many things that we cannot do alone or them on us alone. Together, I think uh, we can build for the brand, for the image of the brand, for the quality of the wine, uh, something fantastic. And I think in the future when uh, you will uh, heard uh, more about this uh, and uh, I think in a positive way, I hope in a positive way. <laughs> Do you think there's any reluctance in the part of people in the region to see a major winery sold to Americans? I think some people is afraid. I've, I, this I agree and I admit it's fine. He's afraid because every time that there is something change, 
they are afraid. So today, nobody knows what VAT will be. Oh my God, some people say, oh, VAT is becoming a supermarket wine. I said, no, hey, we are not so stupid, please. Uh, so I think also many people are afraid about the power that we will have in the region for the future. Because uh, we, we already were doing very well, but many people, they are afraid of what we can do for the future. So, and these are not the smart colleague. <laughs> uh, the good colleague, uh, they, are, they always had great comment because I think, anyway, Barolo today is a smaller reality. And we need uh, good wines, you know. The, the reason why Barolo is also very famous because there are so many good wines. So I can, I can mention to you, to you in one minute at least 30 winery uh, that they have a wine that I would like to have in my cellar. And this is the power of Barolo. More better wine there will be, more good investment in the region there will be, more investment in the quality there will be, more Barolo will be important in the future. I mean, it's certainly the case that that's what happened in Burgundy, right? Because in the 80s, there was a minefield of quality that you either got a great bottle or you got a terrible bottle. And, uh, you know, even when it was from a, a named crew that was very good. And then it really does seem like a lot of money came into the region along with more expertise and more dedication from the people there, but more investment. And the stakes got higher. And now... There's a lot of great producers of Burgundy. Oh, like yeah. it seems like, as yeah. opposed to the other way. It doesn't seem like a lot of money went into the region and you look around and you say, Wow, everything's terrible. Mm-hmm. I can't drink any of this. It seems like, you know, in the eighties when you read the books, they're like, Oh, be very careful. <sighs> yeah, the constancy of quality. Bad, yes, you know, yeah. it's a famous name, but it's terrible Absolutely. now. And now when you look at uh, Burgundy, I mean, uh, you know, if you go see 20 or 30 producers, you still want to go see another 10. <laughs> Bravissimo. You know, yes. because uh, they're good. You know, you're, you're sorry that you, you can't visit more. And at the same time, when I look in Italy and I see a place like Etna, where there's a ton oh, of investment over since, you know. It's one of, of the most exciting region right now in Italy. Yes. But no one's from there, right? Like nobody's <laughs> nobody's an Etnise, you Absolutely. know, right? There's all these people from Tuscany or very, from, very few from there, yes. You know, even Americans and they go and they invest in a thing and uh, also Belgians, you know, quite famous, but no one's like Fanculo, Belgian guy. You know, <laughs> no, but it's really true. Certo. And uh it seems that people are happy with the wines. No, no, absolutely. And uh, you know, every wine region, we like uh, good investment so people that they come for the wealth of the region for the wealth of the wine no, is a, in long terms i think it will be positive i will give a credit to the people that today are a little bit shocked uh, for us uh, was a, uh, like i said it was a decision that we didn't took in five minutes uh, it was a decision that uh, our family you know and also i would say you know not everybody had the same uh, idea, you know, on the on the family. And so when you have large, larger family, depends. Uh, so, you know, you, in which direction uh, everybody wants to go. And uh, I think the direction that we took uh, was the, the right direction for this moment to do for the family, for the quality and for the future of Vietti. But I think there is a fear that someone's going to come in and say, hey, Luca, you've been doing a great job. You've built a great brand, great reputation. However, you know, if you made the wines a little fruitier, we could sell more. <sighs> I mean, seriously, I think people fear this, you know. See, I'm absolutely. I, I, like I said before, every time that there is a change, there is instability and there is uh, something uh, you know, the different uh, uh, and people, they think that they are going to ruin. But uh, if people, before to open uh, their mouth, they start to think, you know, and they start to say, well, we are not stupid family. We are here since long, long time. And it will be here since for many, many more years uh, and generations. They know that we are not stupid and we care so much for the land, for the quality. And also people, they give comment without knowing this other family. And so, you know, once that they will know more the Krause family, they know what they wanted to do for the reason, they will understand that they we are not going to change and they don't want to change a single thing. This was the first, the thing that uh, 
gave me the reason to stay on board also, to continue to do, is because I have the insurance 100% that nothing will be changed at all in the quality, on the tradition, on the history, on the style of the wine. Only the possible change, yeah, there will be on better, having more land and more of ability to do a great wine. But this really does seem like, to me, this seems like where the region shifts, if it hasn't already, from the negotiant model, because there's just not grapes for sale. I think what will disappear that probably in the Barolo will be these middle sides, you know, the people that they wanted to do, they pretended to be, but they cannot do. They wanted to be the bigger, but they wanted to make a high quality wine. These are, they will be for the future, the winery that they will disappear because this is the moment where you have to take a decision. You have to take a decision to be, okay, the game is over. You wanted to be a negociant. You wanted to make numbers. Okay, go in that direction. You wanted to be growers, you wanted to focus on the quality, okay, it's a step to go to the vineyards again, to be reinforce your patrimony of vineyards. So I think uh, is the moment of uh, choosing, you know, the direction of what you want to do. It kind of sounds to me like you're saying that this is kind of the last time to buy vineyards and then they're going to get really expensive, like in <laughs> Burgundy. Like this is kind of the window and then after this, like, it's gonna but be. It's is already right, like this. Eh? Caspita, it's few years. I remember the story that some uh, negociant of vineyard that they told me that uh, there was a vineyard uh, in Montforte, I think in Busia somewhere, that the owner gave uh, a promise to sell for uh, 300,000 euro for one acres, and. Uh, Arrive uh, the next day, some other winery, they, they say, no, no, I give you uh, 400,000. So he canceled the promising of land. Then they went to the notary. Then the day before the notary, they sold for 600 to another person. So I think uh, already right now is difficult. This is the reason why we decide to do and we decide to do now. And uh, I don't say that tomorrow is going the end of the war, uh, the, the, the end of the world, uh, absolutely, yeah, because all the transition, uh, there is no, when uh, the, the, the medieval finish and it started the Renascimento, I don't know, you know, there is a, a line, <laughs> continue, you know, there is an evolution, uh, but it will evolve in uh, that direction, absolutely. What else is the future of this area that perhaps I don't grasp because I don't spend enough time here and I don't try to do the business side? Like what, what is else that's happening but in the future? If you think UNESCO in terms of tourism did incredible, you know, I, I heard the numbers last year when UNESCO, when the Barolo region was uh, elected, uh, like the first wine region in the world uh, as a, a world heritage of UNESCO, the tourism grew up of almost 20% in one year crazy for a small region like this. So I think it will be more restaurant, more uh, hotels, more uh, visitors. So I think this is also, because uh, many people, they discover Barolo as a beautiful, it was be beautiful before the UNESCO <laughs> and it will be beautiful after the UNESCO. So I think uh, the tourism, uh, the restaurant side, it will grow up a lot. I think that plays into people's fears, especially the... Uh the Americans, you know, who like this region a lot and maybe especially the older generation of Americans who like this region a lot in that it's going to become like a, a Napa kind of experience where My, it's more like luxury lifestyle. See, I think yes and not in one way, yeah, because uh, this is a little bit different eh, because uh, also the style of the people here, uh, we are less uh, showing people. You know, there are so people here with the vineyard and so much money that you don't go see them around with the sport car uh, or they, they wake up in the morning like us uh, to go in the vineyard to work very hard or they don't, they are not people that they like to show what they do, their life and everything. Uh, and so it will be place for great experience. Uh, if it will be like Napa, 
I don't think in the short terms, you know, but in probably in long, long terms, I think will be more as Burgundy. Absolutely. I see the same model where there will be more and more, more tiny wine shop, uh, more tiny restaurant in the village, uh, more high-end uh, boutique hotel. And also you have to think that here, yes, we have a lot of American visitors, but the biggest uh, visitor anyway here are people from Switzerland, Germany, England, Denmark, uh, here, you know, so. But is there a part about that kind of change that would make you sad? Like, is there some part of that where you're saying like, oh, I don't know, maybe the character of the region changes some if this happens? Absolutely. You know, I think in terms of food and um, I, the risk that I do not want to see that uh, is maybe to have uh, too many touristic restaurants, <laughs> like a menu prezzo fisso, you know. Uh, I wanted to see restaurant or small osteria with the menu made on what the farmer was in the morning or the pasta made from the grandmother in the morning, not the prezzo fisso. Uh, it will change, absolutely, that, you know, absolutely something it will change in that direction. Because, you know, when I go to Venice, there's a lot of tourists there, <laughs> and the food usually sucks. Oops, I agree 100%. No, I hope not. No, I don't think here it will be like Venice, but I agree. I think one of the most beautiful places in the world, Venezia, and one of the places where I can count on in one hand, and probably I cannot feel all the finger to say the restaurant where I wanted to go to have dinner. <laughs> because there is a lot of uh, prezzo fisso menu restaurant with shitty food. <laughs> I mean, and I agree with you. I like eating here. So I just, you know, I don't know. I guess there is a, there is a natural tendency amongst people who get into wine to say like, oh, maybe other people don't need to find out about this and I'll just enjoy it by myself for a cheaper price, you know? And then there's a fear that it's going to be more touristy and more less special and more expensive you know like at the same time it's nice when you see young people coming in because then you understand that it's going to continue and oh, that, uh, well, there is always a new generation you know the people also don't understand there is a next generation there is a every family what is fantastic also an example that in the region there is a lot of uh, uh, women winemaker <laughs> that is fantastic uh, next generation kids of uh, I, many of my colleagues they have their kids growing up and they will be part of the family is the future my family too, too. Sorry? I mean is that going to be true for you I, I know your kids are they going to be able to work at Vietti uh, absolutely yes if they will want you know we like I said we have a long term project together with investment together so they will be part of, you know, to, to do. Uh, we will be here. <laughs> I don't know. don't see this risk. Absolutely. This was the last thing that I was thinking about that. When we finished the interview last time, I, I, I've been thinking about what you said at the end of the last interview a lot lately, as mm. since the announcement of the sale. And what you said was that you had a, a knot in your stomach from the pressure of trying to succeed in the in the heritage of your father. There was a lot of expectations on you as you weren't uh, the oldest sibling. It hadn't been necessarily a given that you were gonna be the winemaker. Mm -hmm. And then you ended up taking it over. And then you, are, I think, have become this the kind of the soul of the place, I think, in a lot of ways. I think a lot of people look to you as Vietti, although there are a lot of family members and there are so many sure. other people involved. But I, and I feel like, Maybe your dad's style was different than your style, but you feel a lot of pressure. That's I think a very Italian to, <laughs> to succeed. See, si, see, si. uh, no, it's true. You know. you know, I think first of all, I doing this job is a job. If you want to do well, and I'm not the only one doing. You know, if I can say good wine, I don't want to say the best wine. Good wine in the region. There are many. I think all my colleagues that they make a good wine, they do first for one reason, for passion. And they trust in what they do. Uh, it's a kind of work that you cannot do. You cannot just do as a work. You know, it takes you all your life, you know, from the morning to the evening, to the Saturday, to the Sunday, doing almost not vacation and, and trust and believing on what you do. You know, so it's a kind of work, uh, the worst thing uh, that uh, can happen for a winery in the region, and I saw 
happening in the past is when the heritage was given to a generation, future generation, that doesn't have this passion. And they do this because they had to do, you know. I always said to my kids, you know, you to our kids, me and Elena, because we both will be here. <laughs> and Elena, she's helping a lot. She'll be uh, next to me a lot in these days. And uh, I, this is the reason why I love her. I always love her a lot and even more today. Uh, we always thought that anyway, we never forced our kids uh, to be part of the family. My kids, they always taste the wine. They know what is going on. They come with me in the vineyard, in the winery. They travel with me. And uh, I always said to them, you know, do only if you like to do. Don't feel obligated to do. Because if you feel obligated, if you want to do a skier, do it and trust in what you do. You have to trust in what you do. If you wanted to do a doctor, trust in what you do and do all with your passion. If you want to clean the road, and this is your passion, do it, but do with passion. Every work they must do with passion 100%. Because really, if you do something not with 100% of your passion, you are a loser. And the loser never will achieve anything. So 100% of passion and dedication in whatever you want to do. Luca Corrado has been a good father to his children, and he has decided exactly what he'd like to do. Thank you very much for being here today. Grazie. Luca Corrado of the Vietti Winery in Castiglione Folletto in Barolo. Ciao, ciao. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey. The show music was performed and composed by Rob Moose and Thomas Bartlett. Show artwork by Alicia Tenoyan. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, and so much more, including show stickers, notebooks, and even gift wrap, are available for sale if you check the show website, alldrinktothatpod.com. That's I-L-L, drinktothatpod.com, which is the same place you'd go to sign up for our email list or to make one of the crucially important donations that help keep this show operating. You can donate from anywhere using PayPal or Stripe on the show website. Remember to hit subscribe or to follow this show in your favorite podcast app, please. That's super important to see every episode. And thank you for listening.